This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about Christian ethic. Let's do it. I, I'm actually quite passionate about this. Um, we know. <laughs> well, I think for me, it, it's a truth of my deconstruction. Yeah. The narrative I felt, I feel like I was given as a kid, and you can confirm or say yes, but also this, um, especially since we came from the same tradition and same household. Um, I feel like the narrative that I was given is that the ethic of a Christian, the primary thing is not to sin. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what we talked about yesterday, too, on a closer look. Like, the law yeah. is a list of things not to do. It was a list of things not to do. Yeah. That, number one, we have sins of omission and thing, and sins of commission. Yeah. Things we're told not to do, and we do, and things we're told to do that we don't do. Right. I don't remember hearing very many sermons about the things that we ought to do that we don't do. I hear, I remember hearing lots of sermons about the things that we shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Almost like an overwhelming majority of the sermons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is really unhelpful. Um, because also, even in Paul's own language, I don't do the things I want to do, and I do the things I don't want to do. Like, yeah, we all know that tension of the things that we ought not do. Right. Maybe maybe it's not the most helpful thing to be continually told the things you shouldn't do that somehow you can't stop doing. Right. And so because that was the narrative, I feel like we we created judgmental, hypocritical Christians. Yeah. Which... I had no desire to be connected with anymore. No. Uh, not even a little bit. And so where does that leave us as far as Christians who in some way feel a level of ob- obligation as a form of worship to live our life in a response to the gift of grace that we've been given? Mm-hmm. How should Christians act? Short answer, like Jesus. <laughs> Doing Jesus things. Yeah, go do more Jesus things. That is how a Christian should act. Agreed, but let's what talk about What does that mean? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. What does what, that mean? What did Jesus do? Yeah, what do you mean by that, bro? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great, thanks. <laughs> That's helpful, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, a, a, a portion that we need to really focus on, I think, is um, caring for the oppressed. Um, yes. And that is something historically the church has not done a good thing of. Historically, um, the church has been around caring for the oppressed. Right. More recently... In the last 200 years or so, 
I feel like we've done a really terrible job of it. And because of the classic, well, we've never done it that way answer. Mm. I feel like even now as millennials and Gen Z are pushing for social justice initiatives, we're getting pushback. Right. Um, from the Xers and the boomers. So yeah, in recent history, we've not done a good job of it at all. Right. But that was something that Jesus did. That, like, that is who he is. That is almost the primary thing that Jesus did. He comes in and flips power structures. Right? Like, everything about Jesus' existence is flipping power structures and caring for the people who cannot care for themselves because the system is broken. Actually, the beauty of Jesus's story is that he comes in and his primary activity is shifting power structures. Mm. But actually Jesus has, Jesus cares for everyone, no matter where they fit in the power structure. That I did not mean to say it that way. If that's how it came off, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, not not in a not in a way like that. But he definitely cares for the vulnerable. But like, I'm specifically thinking about the story of um, the centurion. That oh, dude's yeah, yeah. wealthy as all get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick at night, right? Yeah, Nicodemus. Yep. yep. Uh, wealthy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Um, Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Wealthy as all get out. Matthew, wealthy as all get. True. Like, lots of people in Jesus' life that he cares for, irregardless of their vulnerability. Sure. But I will say that the primary, one of the primary things we see in Jesus is literally just him going around, doing good and kind things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at, for, at a very simple level, yeah. Just be kind. Yeah. Just love people. And that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) treat others the way that you want to be treated. Um, Uh, I don't think that that saying is helpful. Oh. Because the way that you want to be treated does not necessarily translate to somebody else. So, like, if I say I want people to treat me or I want I will treat people that, the way that I want to be treated. If I have thicker skin than this other person, I wouldn't mind taking these word blows from my buddies. So I dish them out. Yeah. And it might hurt somebody else's feelings. Yeah, but like, shouldn't you think about it more existential? Like, I don't want anyone to treat me in a way that would hurt my feelings. So if I'm cognizant enough to recognize that I'm hurting someone else's feelings, I won't do that. If that's the way you want to put that, sure. But I don't think most people think about it that way. Oh, really? I really don't. If you don't, you should. Sure. And agreed on that. I just don't think that that's true because I can't... tell you like how many times growing up as a kid where I heard that it was around well you don't hit people because you wouldn't want to be hit or something like that. Oh it's like a one to one. It's like an actual like 
I'm not going to do this act to somebody because um, I wouldn't want this act done to me. And it's specifically about the act, not necessarily the why of how that action might make someone feel. It is very much the way that I learned it growing up was it is a one-to-one action. Ooh, interesting. And I just don't think that that narrative is helpful. Have you have you spoken to other people about this? Is this how they're interpreting it as well? I have never actually vocalized that, but I feel like there is a lot of people that would agree with me on that. Okay. If yeah. pl- if you are find some way to please let us know mm. how you feel about Socials down, bottom. socials down, emails down, like Let us know. comment on the video, like DM us on Instagram. I don't, I don't care, but like somehow I got to know, how do you interpret that saying of Jesus? Because I don't, I don't think I've ever looked at it that way. For me, it's always been motive, right? Like I don't want I, somebody. I think that's the way that you should read that, but the way that it is presented by church people interesting is one-to-one actions or at least that's the way that i interpreted that you know i i want to know how most people are are hearing that because i could see it i could see it being communicated both ways and i I just think that that one reading is so unhelpful yeah because what you can take is not necessarily what somebody else can yeah a hundred percent so a hundred percent no not if you're gonna say it that way no don't do that. Yeah. Treat people better than the way that you would want to be treated. If that's going to be the way that you translate that. Yeah. That's so, I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, Am am I making sense? Yeah. You make sense. I just, I'd never, I didn't know anyone read this. Like, it's so easy to read the story that way. I could totally see how you would. Like, I didn't know anybody read the story that way. That, I'd never had this conversation with someone. I, I remember very specifically in Sunday school at that small town Baptist church, right? Yeah. Hearing that. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, it's kind of like the Santa Claus thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what it became. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, I, I think the way that that you should think about that is like in a very macro existential way. Like I would never want someone to do something that's going to make me feel the way yeah. that I am currently making this person feel. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. I think if you do that, you've reached like half the battles won. Yeah, that. You're you're doing Jesus things now. Done, Jesus things check. Yeah. Um. I also think that if you look at Jesus, and this is one of my problem with modern day Christians. Okay, I got lots of them, mm. but this is one of them. When you look at Jesus. And the things that Jesus did, right? We are literally called Christians, which means little Christ. Like we are supposed to be imitating Jesus more than anything else. Which, and it's so funny, little Christs. Mm -hmm. But Jesus himself says that we can do more. Greater things than he did. And we're little Christ. 
Yep. That's just interesting to me. Yeah. But it, well, once again, flipping power structures. Right. Um, it's the less is more thing. Mm. Um, interesting. If you look at Jesus through all the gospel stories, the thing that he does more than anything is he goes about doing good deeds. I think in Luke 4, when he says, I've come to bring liberation to the captive, to provide for the poor, the vulnerable, like when you actually look at Jesus' life, that's actually what he spent most of his time doing. Yeah. Going about and being the hands and feet of Jesus, doing Jesus' things, I actually don't think it's helpful to think about our Christian witness and mission as like a manifest destiny evangelism tactic. Yep. I actually think the more helpful reading is like, hey, just go do some nice things for people. Go do some good things. Care for people. Show yes. them that they're loved. And then they'll ask you, hey, why'd you do this? And you can say, because Jesus did it for me. Like, my ethic as a Christian is to say that I need to reciprocate this kind of grace. Yeah. That's 90% of what we saw Jesus do. Healing people, feeding people, yep. caring for people, raising the dead because of their family's mourning. Yeah. Like literally just doing things that were comforting and helpful to people. And then the ultimate thing that we see Jesus do, the primary reason that we see Jesus come, mm. do you know what it is? Restoration. To preach the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. That, yeah. that there's an experience, that the kingdom of God is not some far off distant eschatological reality mm -hmm. that the kingdom of God is experienced in the people of God doing Jesus things. Mm -hmm. The, our existence is centered around pursuing divine likeness. Yes. A hundred percent. That is why we exist as human beings yep. to pursue divine likeness. You do that by doing Jesus things. Yep. In one category. Yep. Um, but that's what the world sees. Yep. Right? Am, I, am I wrong? No, you're 100% like, right. They don't see your pursuit of divine likeness in your quiet time. Right. On, you know, at 530 in the morning. Right. Nobody sees that. Right. They see you acting like Jesus, though. They see you being kind. Yeah. Right. That is how we draw people. I'm sorry. We kind of backtracked there, but it, I don't know. But that, no, I do. Like, I do think like, I think that that's the beauty of the gospel message. I, mm. and I say it all the time. The gospel message is scandalous. Yeah. That literally the murderer mm. is as deserving of the gift as 
the middle class evangelical his whole life white dude. Yeah. That and that each of them can do great deeds of goodness. Mm. Um and it's not about the way that you fight your sin or that you can't have certain sins in your life in order to do things. Like, we've all got sin. I don't know that sin's going anywhere. The story definitely tells me sin's not going anywhere. Yeah. And so what What if the ethic of being a Christian isn't this idea of, hey, well, don't sin. Yeah. What if, and what would the world look like? And this is a real question. If every Christian in America today set out and said, hey, I'm not going to focus, I'm not going to put all of my active energy into whether or not this decision is sinful. What if every Christian today set out and said, I'm going to view my decision-making based upon one primary principle. When I look back on this decision tomorrow, will I think that this decision brought goodness into the world? Mm. I feel like the world would look a ra- look like a radically different place if every Christian decided that. I say this all the time. I'm going to let you say yeah, this, yeah, but no, I don't want to I don't want to forget it. this example. In 2017, there were 350,000 evangelical churches in America. Okay. In 2017, so that doesn't include Catholic, no high church, no Methodists, no Presbyterians, no Episcopalians, just evangelical, low church evangelicals. In 2017, there were 400,000 kids in the foster system. The average church in America is 75 people. If one family from every church would have adopted one kid out of the foster system, we could have virtually wiped it out. And yet, in 2017, thousands upon thousands of children aged out of the system and immediately were made homeless. Yeah. That's what what happens. What if Christians looked at the world through the lens of their deciding factors of their decision-making as does this decision bring about more goodness into the world? Yeah. I want to back up to something that you said. A lot of people don't actually know that. What? That when kids age out of the system, they become homeless. What do you mean they don't know that? A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that there's like... Like intermediary housing, like placement stuff? Yeah, like uh, uh, sort of, yeah. No, that doesn't exist. sort of transitional living facilities, which they do exist now. Yeah, but 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 there are also not enough of them. There's so few of them. Well, not just that. It's also an injustice. It is... Oh, the system is broken. Well, I'm actually taking this a little bit different. Okay. At least in Texas, I don't know if this is federally true, but at least in Texas, 
if if you are a foster kid, if you're a ward of the state, if you are adopted, that's the contingency. If you are adopted, your health care is paid for until you're 26, and your college is paid for. Mm. If you are not adopted and you are a ward of the state, you are given a few hundred dollars in your hand and sent on your way when you age out. That's exactly and what happens. That's only in some facilities are you even given money. Yep. But yet, 350,000 evangelical churches, and the reason I'm picking on evangelicals, and I am, of which... I am in the evangelical tradition and I don't want to give it up. But my God, we got a lot of crap we got to fix. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm picking on evangelicals is because they're also the loudest voice of anti abortion. You can't tell people they can't abort children and tell them adoption's the answer if none of you are actually going to adopt kids. Yes, agreed. Um, that but also evangelicals are the loudest voice for all the things that they're against period correct they, more than just abortion correct correct and evangelicals are the epitome of the anti yes the, message yeah these are all the things we're against these are all the things that we're against which in reality think back through the gospels how many times did Jesus say that he was against something, and what was it? Mm. Largely, if he said he was against something, it was against abuse of power, oppression. Mm-hmm. Very rarely did he come out and blatantly like attack sin, like in a in a person. Most of the time, minus like. So in, in, the, some, in the Sermon on the Mount, that's definitely not the case. He's definitely right. attacking some sin there. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of other pastoral care elements and things. But you are right. Most of the time when Jesus calls out sin, he's asked a question first. Mm-hmm. It's not like Jesus is just walking around preaching sin. He's not going up to people and uh-uh. saying that they're going to hell because of their sin. No, that's definitely that's not that's his not tactic at all. That's not what Jesus is doing. Mm-mm. Jesus, if he says that he's against something and it's about he is against power and or abuse of power and oppression. Modern Christians should take that same stance. Mm, yeah. In our ethic. Mm-hmm. We should take the stance of we are against abuse of power and oppression. We are for loving the vulnerable, caring for the vulnerable, loving all and caring for the vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is what we should be more of. And that vulnerable category, there's no end to it. Yeah. Everybody's vulnerable in some way. Yeah. So instead, excuse me, instead of saying we're against abortion, like you were saying, Maybe adopt a kid. This is the problem with our society. Or with, and I'm going to pick on the evangelicals. This is the problem with the evangelical church. We talk a lot of crap. Yeah. 
We don't do much. We need to do more things. 